This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Annie Coleman. www.anniecoleman.com. The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. Translated by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Inferno. Canto six to ten. Inferno, Canto six. At the return of consciousness that closed before the pity of those two relations which utterly with sadness had confused me, new torments I behold, and new tormented around me, whichsoever way I move, and whichsoever way I turn and gaze. In the third circle am I of the rain. Eternal, maledict, and cold and heavy, its law and quality are never new. Huge hail and water somber hued and snow, athwart the tenebrous air pour down amain. Noisome the earth is that receiveth this. Cerberus, monster cruel and uncouth, with his three gullets like a dog, is barking. Over the people that are there submerged, red eyes he has, an unctuous beard, and black and belly large, and armed with claws his hands, he rends the spirits, flays and quarters them. Howl! The rain maketh them like unto dogs. One side they make a shelter for the other. Oft turn themselves the wretched reprobates. When Cerberus perceived us, the great worm. His mouths he opened and displayed his tusks. Not a limb had he that was motionless. And my conductor, with his spans extended, took of the earth, and with his fists well filled, he threw it into those rapacious gullets, such as that dog is, who by barking craves, and quiet grows soon as his food he gnaws, for to devour it he but thinks and struggles. The like became those muzzles, filth begrimed of Cerberus, the demon, who so thunders over the souls that they would fain be deaf. We passed across the shadows, which subdues the heavy rainstorm, and we placed our feet upon their vanity, that person seems. They all were lying prone upon the earth, excepting one who sat upright as soon as he beheld us passing on before him. O thou that art conducted through this hell, he said to me, recall me if thou canst. Thyself wast made before I was unmade. And I to him, the anguish which thou hast perhaps doth draw thee out of my remembrance, so that it seems not I have ever seen thee. But tell me who thou art that in so doleful a place art put, and in such punishment if some are greater, none is so displeasing. And he to me, thy city, which is full of envy, so that now the sack runs over, held me within it in the life serene. You citizens were wont to call me Chiaco, for the pernicious sin of gluttony. I, as thou seest, am battered by this rain. And I, sad soul, am not the only one, for all these suffer the like penalty for the like sin. And word no more spake he. I answered him, Chiaco, thy wretchedness weighs on me, 
so that it to weep invites me. But tell me, if thou knowest, to what shall come the citizens of the divided city, if any there be just, and the occasion tell me why so much discord has assailed it. And he, to me, they, after long contention, will come to bloodshed, and the rustic party will drive the other out with much offense. Then, afterwards, behoves it this one fall within three sons, and rise again the other, by force of him who now is on the coast. High will it hold its forehead a long while, keeping the other under heavy burdens, howe'er it weeps thereat, and is indignant. The just are two, and are not understood there. Envy and arrogance and avarice are the three sparks that have all hearts enkindled. Here ended he his tearful utterance, and I to him, I wish thee still to teach me, and make a gift to me of further speech. Ferenata and Teggio, once so worthy, Jacopo Rusticucci, Arrigo and Mosca, and others who on good deeds set their thoughts. Say where they are and cause that I may know them, for great desire constraineth me to learn, if heaven doth sweeten them, or hell in venom. And he, they are among the blacker souls, a different sin downweighs them to the bottom, if thou so far descendest, thou canst see them. But when thou art again in the sweet world, I pray thee, to the mind of others, bring me. No more I tell thee, and no more I answer. Then his straightforward eyes he turned askance, eyed me a little, and then bowed his head. He fell therewith prone like the other, blind. And the guide said to me, He wakes no more. This side, the sound of the angelic trumpet, one shall approach the hostile potentate, each one shall find again his dismal tomb, shall reassume his flesh and his own figure, shall hear what through eternity re-echoes. So we passed onward, o'er the filthy mixture, of shadows and of rain with footsteps slow, touching a little on the future life. Wherefore I said, Master, these torments here, will they increase after the mighty sentence, or lesser be, or will they be as burning? And he, to me, Return unto thy science, which wills, that as the thing more perfect is, the more it feels of pleasure and of pain. Albeit that this people maledict to true perfection never can attain, hereafter more than now they look to be. Round in a circle by that road we went, speaking much more, which I do not repeat. We came unto the point where the descent is. There we found Plutus, the great enemy. Inferno, Canto 7 Pape Satan, Pape Satan, Aleppe! Thus Plutus with his clucking voice began, and that benignant sage who all things knew, said to encourage me, Let not thy fear harm thee, for any power that he may have shall not prevent thy going down this crag. Then he turned round unto that bloated lip, and said, Be silent, thou accursed wolf, consume within thyself with thine own rage. Not causeless is his journey to the abyss, thus it is willed on high, where Michael wrought vengeance upon the proud adultery. 
even as the sails inflated by the wind, involved together fall when snaps the mast, so fell the cruel monster to the earth. Thus we descended into the fourth chasm, gaining still farther on the dolesome shore, which all the woe of the universe in sacks. Justice of God, ah, who heaps up so many new toils and sufferings as I beheld, and why doth our transgression waste us so? As doth the billow there upon Charybdis that breaks itself on that which it encounters, so here the folk must dance their round delay. Here saw I people, more than elsewhere, many, on one side and the other, with great howls, rolling weights forward by main force of chest. They clashed together, and then at that point, each one turned backward, rolling retrograde, crying, Why keepest, and why squanderest thou? Thus they returned along the lurid circle, on either hand unto the opposite point, shouting their shameful meter evermore. Then each, when he arrived there, wheeled about, threw his half-circle to another joust, and I, who had my heart pierced, as it were, exclaimed, My master now declare to me what people these are, and if all were clerks, these shaven crowns upon the left of us. And he to me, All of them were asquint in intellect in the first life, so much that there with measure they no spending made. Clearly enough their voices barked forth, whene'er they reached the two points of the circle, where sunders them the opposite defect. Clerks those were who no hairy covering have on the head, and popes and cardinals in whom doth avarice practice its excess. And I, my master, among such as these, I ought forsooth to recognize some few who were infected with these maladies. And he to me, Vain, thought thou, entertainest, the undiscerning life which made them sordid, now makes them unto all discernment dim. Forever shall they come to these two buddings. These from the sepulchre shall rise again, with the fist closed, and these with tresses shorn. Ill-giving and ill-keeping the fair world have taken from them, and placed them in this scuffle, whate'er it be, no words adorn I for it. Now canst thou, son, behold the transient farce of goods that are committed unto fortune, for which the human race each other buffet. For all the gold that is beneath the moons, or ever has been, of these weary souls, could never make a single one repose. Master, I said to him, now tell me also what is this fortune which thou speakest of, that has the world's goods so within its clutches? And he to me, O oh, creature's imbecile, what ignorance is this which doth beset you? Now will I have thee learn my judgment of her. He whose omniscience everything transcends the heavens created, and gave who should guide them, that every part to every part may shine. Distributing the light in equal measure, he, in like manner to the mundane splendors, ordained a general ministress and guide, that she might change at times the empty treasures from race to race, from one blood to another, beyond resistance of all human wisdom. Therefore one people triumphs, and another languishes, in pursuance of her judgment, 
which hidden is, as in the grass, a serpent. Your knowledge has no counterstand against her. She makes provision, judges, and pursues her governance as theirs the other gods. Her permutations have not any truce. Necessity makes her precipitate. So often cometh who his turn obtains. And this is she who is so crucified, even by those who ought to give her praise, giving her blame amiss and bad repute. But she is blissful, and she hears it not, among the other primal creatures gladsome. She turns her sphere, and blissful she rejoices. Let us descend now unto greater woe. Already sinks each star that was ascending when I set out, and loitering is forbidden. We crossed the circle to the other bank, near to a fount that boils, and pours itself along a gully that runs out of it. The water was more somber far than purse, and we, in company with the dusky waves, made entrance downward by a path uncouth. A marsh it makes, which has the name of Styx. This tristful brooklet, when it has descended down to the foot of the malign gray shores. And I, who stood intent upon beholding, saw people mud besprent in that lagoon, all of them naked and with angry look. They smote each other not alone with hands, but with the head and with the breast and feet, tearing each other piecemeal with their teeth. Said the good master, Son, thou now beholdest the souls of those whom anger overcame, and likewise I would have thee know for certain, beneath the water people are who sigh and make this water bubble at the surface, as the eye tells thee wheresoe'er it turns. Fixed in the mire, they say, we sullen were in the sweet air which by the sun is gladdened, bearing within ourselves the sluggish reek. Now we are sullen in this sable mire. This hymn do they keep gurgling in their throats, for with unbroken words they cannot say it. Thus we went circling round the filthy fen, a great ark twixt the dry bank and the swamp, with eyes turned unto those who gorge the mire. Unto the foot of a tower we came at last. Inferno, Canto Eight. I say, continuing, that long before we to the foot of that high tower had come, our eyes went upward to the summit of it. By reason of two flamelets we saw placed there, and from afar another answer them, so far that hardly could the eye attain it. And to the sea of all discernment turned, I said, What saith this, and what respondeth that other fire? And who are they that made it? And he to me, Across the turbid waves what is expected thou canst now discern, if reek of the morass conceal it not. Cord never shot an arrow from itself that sped away athwart the air so swift as I beheld a very little boat come o'er the water towards us at that moment, under the guidance of a single pilot, who shouted, Now art thou arrived, fell soul. Phlegius, Phlegius, thou criest out in vain, for this once, said my lord, thou shalt not have us longer than in the passing of the slough. As he who listens to some great deceit, that has been done to him, and then resents it, 
such became Phlegius in his gathered wrath. My guide descended down into the boat, and then he made me enter after him, and only when I entered seemed it laden. Soon as the guide and I were in the boat, the antique prow goes on its way, dividing more of the water than tis wont with others. While we were running through the dead canal, up rose in front of me one full of mire, and said, Who art thou that comest here the hour? And I to him, Although I come, I stay not. But who art thou that hast become so squalid? Thou seest that I am one who weeps, he answered. And I to him, With weeping and with wailing, Thou spirit maledict, do thou remain, For thee I know, though thou art all defiled. Then stretched he both his hands unto the boat, Whereat my wary master thrust him back, saying, Away there with the other dogs. Thereafter with his arms he clasped my neck, He kissed my face, and said, Disdainful soul, blessed be she who bore thee in her bosom. That was an arrogant person in the world. Goodness is none that decks his memory. So likewise here his shade is furious. How many are esteemed great kings up there, Who here shall be like unto swine in mire, Leaving behind them horrible dispraises. And I, my master, much should I be pleased If I could see him soused into this broth, Before we issue forth out of the lake. And he to me, Ere unto thee the shore reveal itself, Thou shalt be satisfied. Such a desire tis meet thou shouldst enjoy. A little after that I saw such havoc made of him by the people of the mire that still I praise and thank my God for it. They all were shouting, At Filippo, Argenti! And that exasperate spirit Florentine turned round upon himself with his own teeth. We left him there, and more of him I tell not. But on mine ears there smote a lamentation, whence forward I intent unbar mine eyes. And the good master said, Even now, my son, the city draweth near, whose name is Dis, with the grave citizens, with the great throng. And I, its mosques already, master, clearly within there in the valley I discern vermilion, as if issuing from the fire they were. And he to me, The fire eternal that kindles them within makes them look red, as thou beholdest in this nether hell. Then we arrived within the moats profound that circumvallate that disconsolate city. The walls appeared to me to be of iron. Not without making first a circuit wide, we came unto a place where loud the pilot cried out to us, Debark, here is the entrance. More than a thousand at the gates I saw, Out of the heavens rained down, who angrily were saying, Who is this that without death goes through the kingdom of the people dead? And my sagacious master made a sign of wishing secretly to speak with them. A little then they quelled their great disdain, and said, Come thou alone, and he be gone who has so boldly entered these dominions. Let him return alone by his mad road. Try if he can— For thou shalt here remain, who hast escorted him through such dark regions. Think, reader, if I was discomforted at utterance of the accursed words, for never to return here I believed.
Oh, my dear guide, who more than seven times hast rendered me security, and drawn me from imminent peril that before me stood, do not desert me, said I. Thus undone, and if the going farther be denied us, let us retrace our steps together swiftly. And that Lord who had led me thitherward said unto me, Fear not, because our passage none can take from us, it by such is given. But here await me in thy weary spirit comfort and nourish with a better hope, for in this nether world I will not leave thee. So onward goes, and there abandons me, my father sweet, and I remain in doubt, for no and yes within my head contend. I could not hear what he proposed to them, but with them there he did not linger long, ere each within in rivalry ran back. They closed the portals, those our adversaries, on my lord's breast, who had remained without, and turned to me with footsteps far between. His eyes cast down, his forehead shorn had he of all its boldness, and he said with sighs, Who has denied to me the dulcome houses? And unto me, Thou, because I am angry, fear not, for I will conquer in the trial, whatever for defense within be planned. This arrogance of theirs is nothing new, for once they used it at less secret gate, which finds itself without a fastening still. Or it didst thou behold the dead inscription, and now this side of it descends the steep, passing across the circles without escort. one by whose means the city shall be opened. Inferno, Canto Nine. That hue which cowardice brought out on me, beholding my conductor backward turn, sooner repressed within him his new color. He stopped attentive like a man who listens, because the eye could not conduct him far through the black air and through the heavy fog. Still it behoveth us to win the fight, began he, Else, such offered us herself, oh, how I long that some one here arrive! Well, I perceived, as soon as the beginning he covered up with what came afterward, that they were words quite different from the first. But none the less his saying gave me fear, because I carried out the broken phrase, perhaps to a worse meaning than he had. Into this bottom of the doleful conch doth any air descend from the first grade? which for its pain has only hope cut off? This question put I, and he answered me, Seldom it comes to pass that one of us maketh the journey upon which I go. True it is, once before, I here below was conjured by that pitiless Erichtho, who summoned back the shades unto their bodies. Naked of me short while the flesh had been, Before within that wall she made me enter to bring a spirit from the circle of Judas. That is the lowest region, and the darkest, and farthest from the heaven which circles all. Well know I the way, therefore be reassured. This fen, which a prodigious stench exhales, encompasses about the city dolent, where now we cannot enter without anger. And more he said, but not in mind I have it. because mine eye had altogether drawn me towards the high tower with the red flaming summit, where in a moment saw I swift uprisen the three infernal furies, stained with blood, who had the limbs of women and their mien, and with the greenest hydras were begirt, 
small serpents and cerastus were their tresses, wherewith their horrid temples were entwined. And he who well the handmaids of the queen of everlasting lamentation knew, said unto me, Behold the fierce Erinice. This is Megara on the left hand side, she who is weeping on the right, Alecto. Tisiphone is between. And then was silent. Each one her breast was rending with her nails that beat them with their palms and cried so loud that I for dread pressed close unto the poet. Medusa, come, so we to the stone will change him, all shouted, looking down. In the evil hour, avenge we not on Theseus's assault. Turn thyself round and keep thine eyes close shut, for if the Gorgon appear and thou shouldst see it, no more returning upward would there be. Thus said the master, and he turned me round himself, and trusted not unto my hands so far as not to blind me with his own. O ye who have undistempered intellects, observe the doctrine that conceals itself beneath the veil of the mysterious verse. And now there came across the turbid waves the clangor of a sound with terror fraught, because of which both of the margins trembled. Not otherwise it was than of a wind, impetuous on account of adverse heats, that smites the forest, and, without restraint, the branches rends, beats down, and bears away. Right onward, laden with dust, it goes, superb, and puts to flight the wild beasts and the shepherds. Mine eyes he loosed, and said, Direct the nerve of vision now along that ancient foam. There yonder where that smoke is most intense. Even as the frogs before the hostile serpent across the water scatter all abroad, until each one is huddled in the earth. More than a thousand ruined souls I saw, thus fleeing from before one who on foot was passing o'er the sticks with souls unwet. Far off his face he fanned that unctuous air, waving his left hand oft in front of him, and only with that anguish seemed he weary. Well, I perceived one sent from heaven was he, and to the master turned, and he made sign that I should quiet stand and bow before him. Ah, how disdainful he appeared to me! He reached the gate, and with a little nod he opened it, for there was no resistance. Oh, banished out of heaven, people despised! Thus he began upon the horrid threshold. Whence is this arrogance within you couched? Wherefore recalcitrate against that will from which the end can never be cut off, and which has many times increased your pain? What helpeth it to butt against your fates? Your Cerberus, if you remember well, for that still bears his chin and gullet peeled. Then he returned along the miry road, and spake no word to us, but had the look of one whom other care constrains and goads, than that of him who in his presence is. And we our feet directed towards a city, after those holy words, all confident. Within we entered without any contest, and I, whose inclination had to see what the condition such a fortress holds, soon as I was within, cast round mine eye, and see on every hand an ample plain, full of distress and torment terrible. Even as at Arles, where stagnant grows the Rhone, even as at Pola, near to the Quarnaro, that shuts in Italy and bathes its borders, the sepulchres made all the place uneven, 
so likewise did they there on every side, saying that there the manner was more bitter. For flames between the sepulchres were scattered, by which they so intensely heated were, that iron more so asks not any art. All of their coverings uplifted were, and from them issued forth such dire laments, soothe seemed they of the wretched and tormented. And I, my master, what are all those people who, having sepulchre within those tombs, make themselves audible by doleful sighs? And he to me, here are the heresiarchs, with their disciples of all sects, and much more than thou thinkest, laden are the tombs. Here, like together with its like, is buried, and more and less the monuments are heated. And when he to the right had turned, we passed between the torments and high parapets. Inferno, Canto Ten. Now onward goes along a narrow path between the torments and the city wall, my master, and I follow at his back. O power supreme that through these impious circles turnest me, I began, as pleases thee speak to me, and my longing satisfy. The people who are lying in these tombs, might they be seen? Already are uplifted the covers all, and no one keepeth guard. And he to me, they all will be closed up when, from Jehoshaphat, they shall return here with the bodies they have left above. Their cemetery have upon this side with Epicurus all his followers, who with the body mortal make the soul. But in the question thou dost put to me, within here shalt thou soon be satisfied, and likewise in the wish thou keepest silent. And I, good leader, I but keep concealed from thee my heart, that I may speak the less, nor only now hast thou thereto disposed me. O Tuscan, thou who through the city of fire goest alive, thou speaking modestly, be pleased to stay thy footsteps in this place. Thy mode of speaking makest thee manifest, a native of that noble fatherland, to which perhaps I too molestful was. Upon a sudden issued forth this sound, from out of one of the tombs wherefore I pressed, fearing a little nearer to my leader. And unto me he said, Turn thee, what dost thou? Behold there, Farinata, who has risen from the waist upwards, holy shalt thou see him. I had already fixed mine eyes on his, and he uprose, erect with breast and front, even as if hell he had in great despite. And with courageous hands and prompt, my leader thrust me between the sepulchres towards him, exclaiming, Let thy words explicit be. As soon as I was at the foot of the tomb, somewhat he eyed me, and, as if disdainful, then asked of me, Who were thine ancestors? I, who desirous of obeying was, concealed it not, but all revealed to him, whereat he raised his brows a little upward. Then he said, Fiercely adverse have they been to me, and to my fathers in my party, so that too several times I scattered them. If they were banished, they returned on all sides, I answered him, the first time and the second, but yours have not acquired that art aright. Then there uprose upon the sight, uncovered, down to the chin a shadow at his side, 
I think that he had risen on his knees. Round me he gazed, as if solicitude he had to see if some one else were with me. But after his suspicion was all spent, weeping, he said to me, If through this blind prison thou goest by loftiness of genius, where is my son, and why is he not with thee? And I to him, I come not of myself. He who is waiting yonder leads me here, whom in disdain perhaps your Guido had. His language and the mode of punishment already unto me had read his name. On that account my answer was so full. Up starting suddenly he cried out, How saidst thou? He had. Is he not still alive? Does not the sweet light strike upon his eyes? When he became aware of some delay, which I before my answer made, supine he fell again, and forth appeared no more. But the other, magnanimous, at whose desire I had remained, did not his aspect change, neither his neck he moved nor bent his side. And if, continuing his first discourse, they have that art, he said, not learned aright, that more tormenteth me, than doth this bed. But fifty times shall not rekindled be the countenance of the lady who reigns here, ere thou shalt know how heavy is that art. And as thou wouldst to the sweet world return, say why that people is so pitiless against my race in each one of its laws. Whence I to him, the slaughter and great carnage which have with crimson stained the arbia, cause such orisons in our temple to be made. After his head he with a sigh had shaken. There I was not alone, he said, nor surely without a cause had with the others moved. But there I was alone, where every one consented to the laying waste of Florence, he who defended her with open face. Ah, so hereafter may your seed repose, I him entreated. Solve for me that knot which has tangled my conceptions here. It seems that you can see, if I hear rightly, beforehand whatsoever time brings with it, and in the present have another mode. We see, like those who have imperfect sight, the things, he said, that distant are from us. So much still shines on us the sovereign ruler. When they draw near, or are, is wholly vain our intellect. And if none brings it to us, not anything know we of your human state. Hence thou canst understand that wholly dead will be our knowledge from the moment when the portal of the future shall be closed. Then I, as if compunctuous for my fault, said, Now then you will tell that fallen one that still his son is with the living joined. And if just now in answering I was dumb, tell him I did it because I was thinking already of the error you have solved me. And now my master was recalling me, wherefore more eagerly I prayed the spirit that he would tell me who was with him there. He said, With more than a thousand here I lie. Within here is the second Frederick, and the cardinal, and of the rest I speak not. Thereon he hid himself, and I towards the ancient poet turned my steps, reflecting upon that saying which seemed hostile to me. He moved along, and afterward, thus going, he said to me, Why art thou so bewildered? And I, in his inquiry, satisfied him. Let memory preserve what thou hast heard against thyself, that sage commanded me, and now attend here, 
and he raised his finger. When thou shalt be before the radiance, sweet, of her whose beauteous eyes all things behold, from her thou wilt know the journey of thy life. Unto the left hand then he turned his feet. We left the wall and went towards the middle, along a path that strikes into a valley, which even up there unpleasant made its stench. End of section two of the Inferno, cantos six through ten. Recorded by Annie Coleman in St. Louis, Missouri, on October first, two thousand six.